The following podcast is sponsored by iClick, your mobile tech partner. You may know iClick for USB drives or perhaps pop sockets, arguably one of the hottest promo products on the market. But today, there's a whole lot that's new about iClick. With a curated line of over 100 products available ready shipped next day, iClick is your partner for all your tech and mobile accessory needs. And don't forget, always free ground shipping. iClick, be remarkable. Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I am Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief for Promo Marketing, joined, as always, by the excellent Brendan Metapace. Brendan, we are uh, fresh off a little break from the show, and we're we're back in the saddle. And uh, I got to say, man, this this horse is ready to gallop here. We're, oh, we're I'm ready. ready to go. It feels good to be back, back in the back in the command center. That's right. Um, I, I I feel like this is like if we didn't we never did seasons for the show. If we did, this would be like season four, I think. You know, counting the, the couple breaks that we've we've built into the right. schedule. Um, it's too late for that now, I think. I don't want to go back and retroactively create a bunch of seasons. And so we're not going to do that, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, the important thing is that we're back. And uh, our guests today are Marisa Corona of Wingstop. That's the uh, restaurant company. Brad Blankenship of the Logolink Group, powered by Boundless. They are a distributor. And Bill Patterson of HTT Apparel, uh, the supplier. And the three of them joined us to talk about Wingstop's new sustainable uniforms that are actually made from... Uh, recycled plastic water bottles. This was a complete overhaul of Wingstop's previous uniforms. Uh, and Marisa, Brad, and Bill each had a huge role in making this happen. So it was super cool that all three were able to join us to talk about how it came together, how the uniforms were made, sustainability as a driving force inside and outside of promo, uh, a ton more stuff on that. So we will get to that soon. Uh, a couple quick housekeeping items since it's been a little while. First, Huge, colossal, massive thank you to iClick for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for mobile tech products, uh, including pop sockets, go check out iClick. They have some really amazing products. I still have a power bank sample they gave me at Expo like five years ago, and I use it all the time. Um, since my iPhone battery has degraded to like 20% capacity. Uh, thank you for that, Apple. Uh, but more importantly, they're great people over there. Um, shoot them an email, give them a call visit iClick.com. Um, thank you to that whole crew for supporting the PM podcast. Second, power meetings are back for 2022. Um, registration is now open. We've got events coming up in New Orleans, San Antonio, Napa, Scottsdale, a few others. I'm obviously biased. You can ask anyone who's been to one of these events before. Power meetings are the gold standard in industry networking and relationship building events. I was actually out at our last power meeting in San Diego. It was incredible, amazing group of suppliers and distributors. Uh, the resort was a mile away from Mission Beach. So I went for a run up the coast there. I uh, woke up to sea lions barking outside my window. I uh, had dinner in a courtyard of a Mexican restaurant in Old Town. Just immaculate vibes all around. Uh, and remember, if you're a distributor, we cover airfare, hotel, meals, basically everything. So all you have to do is show up, meet new people, make new business connections. Uh, it's really an experience you can't and won't get at a trade show. So check out pmpowermeetings.com for more info on that. And uh, maybe I'll see some of you listeners at an event this year. That would be that'd be great. I'm going to be at a couple of these. So uh, check it out and uh, let's connect if you end up going. Okay, housekeeping out of the way. I think that was everything. Um, 
I want to get into the the meat of the show a little bit. Brendan, is it too late to talk Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think, I think you know, since we took a little break, we uh, get our, gave ourselves a grace period of time to now get back into things. Yeah, we're, we're playing a little bit of catch up here. We're recording this about a week after the game, which on the internet, that's might as well be years. A but year, you know what? That's years. Yeah, it, it's our show, our rules. So let's let's do it. Yeah. We're going to talk about Super Bowl. Um, forget the game. Um, which of the ads stood out to you? I have a couple here. Um, there was some really cool integrations of branded merchandise, which is why I wanted to, to get into this a little bit. And some other things that had some some impact or um, some repercussions positive repercussions for the industry. Uh, but I'll let you start, Brendan. What, what was the, were there any of the, these ads that stood out to you? And, and, you know, what was it about them that really made you want to talk about them? The one that really stood out to me was one that I actually knew was coming. We wrote about it briefly, the Michelob Ultra uh, commercial. It was like three parts and it was just, you know, star studded top to bottom. You had Jimmy Butler, Serena Williams, Alex Morgan, uh, who else in there? Peyton Manning. And of course, Steve Buscemi, the greatest Steve athlete Buscemi. of all time. That was, you know, that that actually got like a reaction from the room I was in. Everyone's like, oh, what's Steve Buscemi doing? And then it was, it, everyone was really tuned into the commercial, which obviously that's a good, a good ad if you can get a room full of people to take their eyes off of snacks for a second. <laughs> but it was really cool. The, the promotion included, there's a merchandise line that tied in with the bowling alley theme of the promotion. And uh, you can win branded products and it there was a there's an added challenge that if you paid attention to certain details like you know it's like how many pins did someone knock down or something someone was wearing in the commercial really wanted you to laser focus into the commercial which again kudos to Michelob Ultra and whoever they worked with for this one uh but it really it, it incorporated everything you had the television ad you had the tactile products and then you had the social media engagement by these little trivia questions so that really stood out to me as a successful ad and and one of the the products you could buy actually had a, a phone number. And if you called it, there was like an Easter egg, right? I don't know if it was yep. a discount on the merchandise or something, but it was like built right onto the merch. And it was, again, an, like you said, another interactive element that kind of pulled it all together. Um, yeah, there was what no I thought was, space on that. Yeah. And what I thought was really cool about this one was that like normally you see branded merchandise collections for like a movie, obviously, or uh, a, a TV series or a book or whatever. Like, uh, uh, but now we're we're talking full branded merchandise line for a commercial for an ad that was, exactly. and you know, the, the uh, ads during the Super Bowl are their own event things anyway. So that makes a lot of sense that that a brand would go this route. But I can't re- recall this ever being a thing before. I think this is the first time I've seen this where a brand was like, "We're going to make this." We're going to go all out for the Super Bowl ad. We're going to have celebrities. We're going to do the whole story-driven ad. We're going to we want to get people talking with our advertisement. And then we're also going to do a capsule collection of branded merchandise specifically for this ad. So it's not like, here's our ad, and then here's some separate Michelob Ultra merch. It was like, this is the ad. This is the merch that ties in. It's this whole ecosystem of you know, marketing that all ties together, which I thought was great. Yeah, and you know, to the, to the point we made a second ago where a week feels like a year since the Super Bowl. This did a really good job of prolonging that. It 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 kept your focus on Michelob Ultra even after the game was over. Yeah, and, and the merchandise was really cool because it was like you said, it was in a bowling alley, and the whole theme was was bowling. So they went with bowling merch. You could get like bowling shirts, and the T-shirt yep. had the bowling alley name and phone number on it and stuff like that. So there I thought were that socks was... that looked like bowling shoes. That I thought were pretty cool. Yeah, and and you know, as as the nation's foremost pro bowling podcast. 
uh, <laughs> I, I'm a, a huge fan. I, I can't, uh, I can't deny this is bowl. And you give me bowling, you got my attention right yeah. off the bat. So, what about you? What, what's it out to you from the Super Bowl? Um, so this was this was kind of the obvious one, but I think there was another layer to it for our purposes that I wanted to get into. But the, the Coinbase QR code ad, I know you and I talked briefly about this one off air. Um, so this was the ad that just had the floating QR code for a solid minute. Um, and then if you scanned it, you know, it took you to the Coinbase app, which is a crypto thing. Uh, I thought this was really effective because so many Super Bowl commercials are like these big productions with celebrities over the top stories, like the Michelob one we just talked about, uh, or that weird one with the dog costume that almost gets crushed in a trash compactor and then ends up in the metaverse or whatever the hell happened in that. Um, but this one was so simple and so opposite that of that, like it, it stood out even more because of it. And I, I know the ad ended up winning some awards. It was like the, I think ad week called it. It's number one, the number one ad of the Super Bowl. Um, but what really interested me was uh, I think this represents like the final phase of the QR code renaissance, right? Like yeah. Coinbase spent $14 million to have a QR code bounce around the screen for 60 seconds. And like, it freaking worked. Like so many people scanned it that it crashed the Coinbase app and the ad won a bunch of awards and got a whole bunch of recognition. Um so I think if anyone in print or promo was still hesitant to use QR codes up to this point, like all bets are off now, right? Like they're, they're here, they're viable. This is a yeah. thing that like they've reached the highest level of marketing, like a Super Bowl ad. So like the, the QR code is, is officially here. I don't think it's going anywhere. And especially since we've, we've all kind of gotten used to them. We've written this before from restaurant menus and things like that. Any sort of contactless things. We're all pretty used to QR codes now. I think without that, if there was this ad just with the QR code bouncing around, if we hadn't already become accustomed to scanning them quickly, we would have kind of been like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? So I think it came at the perfect time where now we know it's like, get out of that camera app, scan it real quick, see what it is. Yeah, it's it's now a thing that people are comfortable doing. And that was removed a huge barrier to entry for using it to begin with was now you can just whip out the phone and you've got the functionality built right into it. You don't need a separate app or anything like that. Uh, and we've seen a ton of brands using QR codes already in really cool ways. I think I know Chipotle was one where they yep. built a QR code right into their logo on one of their shirts. And that took you to a, a website that they wanted people to get to. Um, it's a really great way to allow brands to track ROI for things that they're they're driving customers or, or audience toward. Um, they can track who's scanning and how they're scanning it and all things like that. There's all kinds of, of you know, built-in ways to do that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was cool to see it on the big stage. We've been watching it for a while. We've kind of been on the front lines of this renaissance. Um, and it's just another tool in the toolkit for people who are doing logos and and printing on things because it's another print element that you can add uh, and that people are really comfortable with. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about was Irish Spring. Do you remember this one? You know, you're going to have to enlighten me a little bit more on this one. So this is like the Wicker Man commercial. Um, it was the guy rolls up on a raft and he's in like a lush green Irish countryside and he finds this, there's a colony of people wearing these pristine white outfits and sweaters and whatnot. And he's wearing this dingy t-shirt. Um, and the whole commercial was this kind of like offbeat, creepy wicker man vibe of, you know, they take him, they need to, to give him a bath and wash the stink away. That was the whole, the whole point of the commercial. Um, 
so this this ad was also in ad week's top 10 i think it was number seven um so it was apparently pretty successful but i wanted to talk about the shirt in the commercial um the, the one that the guy's wearing because it was from let me look it up uh brookwood high it was, it was a brookwood broncos shirt it was like a vintage like actual t-shirt that i guess the creative director who worked in the super bowl uh or on this ad for the super bowl uh attended that high school um talked to the principal of the school asked if he could use the shirt in the ad they got the go ahead uh, and it ended up trending on twitter like this brook brookwood high or brookwood broncos t-shirt uh, was trending. So this, you know, small, relatively small element, small, but important element of this ad ends up blowing up. It's on Twitter. People are talking about it. And what is it? It's a branded t-shirt from a high school. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You know, it speaks to the the power of something minor, just a logo on a t-shirt in an ad where it's not supposed to be your focal point, but we all notice we and then start talking about it on the internet to the point where it's trending and it's something as simple as a, as a high school name. And we've, but, we've seen this a little bit recently with like high profile athletes. Like it was Josh Allen wore a sweatshirt from his old high school to uh, yeah. before a game and the, the bills end up winning that game. The, photos of Allen wearing the sweatshirt or the press conference of it, the video from the press conference goes viral Suddenly, everybody's talking about it. The school ended up putting those sw- shirts back up for sale. It was like years since they've even issued these sweatshirts. Uh, raised like $100,000 for the school. That's, that's, that's the incredible. Well, it's kind of like also like what Jason Sudeikis did where he wore the sweatshirt for it was like his, his sister's business. That's when right. He was on air at the Emmys and everyone like immediately Googled, what is this? What is that? What is that? I'm sure she got a ton of business from it. And this is like exactly what these products are designed to do in exactly. everyday life. But now you're just, they're, we're getting them into situations where that message can be amplified out to the internet. And it's like, it really shows you how powerful brand merchandise can be in these, in an isolated sense of, yeah. you know, like it, it's, it's all the proof of concept you need. It's right here. And essentially that high it's school awesome. just got, that, that high school just got a Super Bowl ad for free that's that's right so i don't know if they're gonna if they have any plans to reissue those shirts uh, i know the school got a bunch of interest i think they got some calls and some some twitter mentions like hey we we saw your stuff on there um so it'll be interesting to see if they capitalize on that little viral swing in marketing um but yeah those were those are the big ones i think there were some other good ones I don't want to take too much more time getting into those. You and I can chat off air about some of our, of we our talk other about favorites commercials all day. Yeah. <laughs> and we will. Um, <laughs> but that is, uh, I think that's all I wanted to get into unless there's anything else you want to hit. And if not, we can get right into the interview here. No, I'm excited to get into this interview. Cool. All right. Well, it's good to be back. We're, uh, we're happy to be here. We got some other great episodes coming up uh, down the line. But for now, let's get into our interview with uh, Marisa, Brad, and Bill. Marisa, Brad, Bill, wanted to start by welcoming the three of you to the show. Uh, this is really exciting because it's rare that we get to have all three parties who worked on a project together in, in one spot, especially a project like this, where there's so many moving parts and it's such a, a, a cool finished result. Um, so we, we can't wait to get into this with you, but why don't we start by giving some quick introductions and background on yourselves and your respective companies, uh, what you do, all that fun stuff. Uh, Marisa, do you want to kick us off? Hi, everyone. Marisa Corona, Chief Growth Officer for 
Wingstop Restaurants. We own and operate, along with our franchisees, 1,650 locations worldwide. And we are the wing experts. We're dedicated to serving the world flavor through a great guest experience, offer classic wings, boneless wings, tenders, thigh bites, thighs cooked to order, and hand-sauced and tossed in 11 bold distinctive flavors. Great to be here today. Brad, you want to introduce yourself and a little bit of background? You got it. Yeah, again, thanks, Sean, for having us. Uh, My name is Brad Blankenship, founder of the LogoLink Group. Uh, We're here in the Dallas market, same as Wingstop, and we're an affiliate partner of Boundless Network out of Austin. And Bill? Hi, Bill Patterson, and uh, I'm the vice president of Head to Toe Apparel. Um, We're a 31-year-old company. Um, I've, I've been passionate about making recycled products for over 18 years and very excited that, uh, that Wingstop is our new uh, customer and client uh, for this exciting adventure. Okay, so the reason we're all here today, Wingstop recently announced uh, a new sustainable uniform program uh, where the uniforms are actually made with something like 2 million recycled plastic bottles, right? Um, Marisa, do you want to start by giving us some of the backstory there? You know, why did Wingstop decide to go this route and how did Brad and Bill end up getting involved? Sure. So, uh, Wingstop here at Wingstop, we're committed to our sustainability efforts or what we refer to as our ESG platform, environmental social governance. So we thought it was a great opportunity. We were looking for a new uniform to serve our team members in restaurants. LogoLink is a key supplier partner, which we refer to our suppliers as supplier partners. They truly are our partners in many ways. So it was a great opportunity to marry our existing relationship with LogoLink, as well as make a stride in the sustainability space, leveraging recycled water bottles for the actual material. So can you tell us a little bit about the role each of you played in taking this from original idea to reality and what the collaboration process was like? How did you all work together to make this a reality? Yeah, I can can jump in and and take this one. So um, as Marisa mentioned, so we we have a longstanding partnership with Wingstop um, and familiar with the brand and the culture. So we felt good, you know, heading into the project, Um, even so. You know, we asked a lot of questions in the discovery process. Um, and after pulling together the information and ideas, uh, what an ideal uniform or fresh essentially looked like was, had to be modern, a uh, simple, clean look, and, you know, something that was sourced and produced uh, with sustainability in mind. And of course, reflected the, uh, the brand well in terms of look and continuity um, in each of the pieces of the program program, excuse me, um, and had to fit, of course, the fit and, and functionality had to be there. Um, and, you know, after several, several iterations and Zooms and collaborations, uh, we're definitely involved for sure. Um, but I think everybody is uh, ultimately pleased, pleased with the final outcome. I, I do have to give a, a shout out to Donnie Upshaw. He's chief people officer at Wingsaw. Donnie, really was instrumental in leading the style and creative process for the uniform. So it was huge help there. Also shout out to the Wingstop marketing team. Uh, They helped us 
you know, bring the brand elements together in a nice cohesive way. And, uh, you know, important to note too, on the, the labeling of the uniform program, uh, it was important to tout the sustainability aspect of the uniforms to the team so that, you know, they were, they were aware and, and proud of, of every aspect of the uniforms, not just the look. And, and that was, that was important to Wings Up as well. Brad, you just touched on this a little bit there, but I want to talk about the uniforms themselves. You know, the final assortment includes several different items, but you know, what are they? How did you decide on them? How did, what, what went into the decoration? Then, you know, you mentioned the labeling and how important that was, but can you guys talk a little more about that? Yes. Um, so there were, there's, there's several products. I'll just kind of listen to So we had a, a crew member tee that's for the front of house and a graphic on back there, front and back. Um, you have chef shirts, which was back of house. And really the, the front of house and the polo shirts, that was kind of a staple item. And we felt like we improved on the fabrics and functionality of those pieces. But um, I, think, I think the real, uh, I guess the real win here was the chef shirt. So a lot of times a, a chef shirt is more considered like a chef coat. And so we made this kind of out of a hybrid fabric that's got a lot of breathability, that's got a lot of flexibility. It's got a nice green trim piping down the front um, that actually complements the polo shirts and the entire uniform piece. So, you know, continuity was important to them as well. And so we, we felt like we made a nice update and refresh to the line, but also adding that chef shirt, I think is going to be a, a nice, nice compliment to the whole, the whole line. I'm sure the chefs will appreciate the added breathability back there in the kitchen. That's right. So Bill, this is probably a question for you, but for someone who's never done anything like this, what actually goes into producing these uniforms? How do you take plastic bottles and turn them into apparel? Well, it's something that we've been doing for over 18 years. In fact, I was involved with it 30 years ago when I owned the Coca-Cola license for the U S um, but it's, it, the process is, has changed dramatically and for the better since I started doing it 18 years with, with head to toe. It, we actually had started buying bottles of all sorts of colors. If you imagine a Coke bottle, green and red bottles and yellow bottles. And so we started taking those in the same process where you'd take them, clean them, ship them, melt them into to actual yarns and then produce the products. Well, what we found out is we really couldn't, could, couldn't produce the clear, bright colors that we wanted. So over the past 10, 15 years now, we've, we've gone back to just making um, bottles that are clear plastic. We have them cleaned. We have them cut into uh, little teeny flakes. They're melted down, put in this big cauldron. Um, and if you looked at it, like a major shower head where they, the plastic is then turned back to its original state of polyester and strewn through. And then we make the yarns out of it. And the yarns we can determine on the thickness and the weight to make a polo shirt or to make the, the chef shirt that, that Brad has mentioned. But it's been a, a, a fantastic process in, in, uh, in our experience. And what we've done in the last 15 years is we've taken a little over 400 million plastic bottles from going into landfills and the oceans um, due to our programs. So I was very excited to, to introduce this to, to uh, Wingstop and be able to say, if you, based on the current number of uniforms they buy, 
this is on the first year alone, it'll take over 2 million plastic bottles. So we've really perfected this. Um, the wonderful thing about, you know, Brad and I working together, he knows we own our own factories. We're all, we're all um, CDEC and certified. We make products for, for Disney and many other people. But this especially was a, a project that Brad and I spent, you know, hundreds of hours. Uh, I, I think we probably produced a hundred different styles to start off with. And as Donnie uh, cut these back down, we picked out the products that could have the most RPET recycled polyethylene triplate in and still have the functionality. So that's how this new uniform came to be. And, and we're excited to launch it uh, in uh, the first quarter of this year. Brad, especially from your perspective as a distributor, what was the most challenging part of this program and how did you go about making sure that this all went smoothly, um, especially with all the supply chain issues and everything else going on right now? So the most important, important aspect uh, when embarking on a project of any size and magnitude like this is selecting the right partner. And, you know, just as uh, Marisa had alluded to, uh, we're well aligned with Wingstop and and much because of how we view relationships, how they view relationships, and just the importance there as being true partners in business. Um, so as you mentioned, as a distributor, we have access to hundreds of suppliers and manufacturers and representing a, a broad range of products. And so my relationship with Bill, HCT, goes back many years. And so you know, they were not only a leader in custom apparel and in the uniform space, but more importantly, uh, in the sustainable fabric. So that was that was just a big deal um, going into this project, knowing we had the right partner. Um, as far as your question in terms of supply chain issues, um, again, yet another advantage in how, how we approach the project, um, because we have direct control over the supply chain in terms of the custom manufacturing, as opposed to trying to source blanks and maybe decorating post-production. Um, also important uh, was to include brand partners in this process. So we actually, when we produced the first set of uniforms, we we actually did a 30, a 30 store test because it was important to knowing the brand partners and their teams that were going to be, you know, wearing the goods uh, that they actually did a wear test. So um, that was a, a really important box to check just in terms of the, uh, the quality control and just what, what they were going to be getting before they got it. So. So Marisa, one thing that really stood out to us is when Wingstop announced the new uniforms, you said they were part of an effort to quote, continue curating a highly engaged workforce that's proud of where they work and what the company stands for. I think there's a really fascinating aspect of this right now, especially with the challenging labor market. Can you talk about how these uniforms helped achieve that goal? Here at Wingstop, people are the foundation of our strategy. They're at the core of, of what we do. So really wanted to make sure that we had a uniform that team members would be proud of. So a uniform that represented our brand, which is fun. We sell chicken wings, so we have a lot of fun. It's, it's one of our core values, which we refer to as the Wingstop way. And wanted to make sure that, again, the, the team members were, were proud that this would perhaps even be a uniform that they could wear outside of work, that it represented our brand, who we are, and that just something, something that they would be excited to wear in, in the restaurant as they're, as they're serving our guests. 
And Marisa, you referred to this earlier, but ESG, which is that environmental, social, and, and governance, is obviously super important to you guys. Uh, can you tell us about some of the other things Wingstop is doing in this area? Because I know that this isn't the only kind of you know toes in the water you have here. Absolutely. So I encourage any listener to uh, Google Wingstop ESG and, and check out our platform. But we have three focus areas, which we're really excited about. And again, it's it's part of our DNA. It's very authentic to who we are, but the focus areas are diversity and inclusion, of which Wingstop is organically a very diverse organization. It starts with our board, which is 50% diverse, moves on to our, our brand partners that Brad spoke of, um, again, a key, um, a key part of who we are. Our brand partner community is 60% diverse as well. So diversity and inclusion is a key area that we continue to focus on intentionally. Also with that community, which uh, the, the way that we serve our community is through our brand partners. Again, organically surrounding the community, the community surrounding our restaurants day in, day out. But we also have a, a charitable arm, Wingstop Charities, which helps team members in times of need but also engages youth in pursuit of their passions, whether it be art, sports, career. Um, a, a key area of, of focus for us is amplifying the work of brand partners in their communities through local, local grants. And then the final key area is waste management, of which our restaurants already have a very small footprint. The average Wingstop restaurant is around Fifteen or 1,600 square feet. So it's a pretty small, efficient footprint, but want to be intentional in, um, in minimizing our, our footprint as it relates to the overall environment. So proud to have a grease recycling program that recycles the grease we use in our restaurants, uh, in our fryers, into biofuel. And it all comes full circle back to our uniform program, leveraging water bottles to create really stylish, functional uniforms. So again, this is um, this program is something that we're we're really looking forward to rolling out in full scale and continuing to amplify our sustainability efforts and supporting the communities in which we serve. So, what about? Um... ESG and sustainability on the promo side. This is more for Brad and Bill. How much are you guys seeing uh, this drive demand or buying decisions from your customers? Well, for for our company, um, again, we, we're national and international as far as the way we distribute. And uh, my middle name is sustainability. Just about every program we've ever been involved with, whether it's been the, the Special Olympics or the World Olympics, or um, we've been involved in numerous Super Bowls, there's always a way for us to make exciting, good-looking apparel out of recycled polyester. And and to me, we, we, we're trying to be part of a, a 360 sustainable world. Um, we've even worked uh, with some of our key people uh, like SeaWorld trying to create uniforms that we can then recycle back into to fabrics. And that's the next area that the Marissa and Brad and, and uh, as we develop this program over the next several years is something that we hope to be able to offer them a, a whole 360 sustainable. So it repeats again and again. So it's, it's a big part of our business. It's at least 80% of, of the millions of dollars that we do is all in sustainable products. And talking about Brad, I know he's been a, 
he's been a big fan on it. I know I'm using one of his pens that's made out of sustainable products and uh, many other products that he offers as well. Yeah, I, I can just weigh in there on the distributor side. So um, definitely our clients are more and more interested in ESG, uh, both internally and, and for, you know, what they're giving to their customers as well. Um, and we're also seeing uh, more requests for women in minority-owned supplier partnerships. Um, I think that's important. We continue to look for more ways to just expand our thinking and, you know, finding, finding new ways of doing things. And I feel like our our industry is responding. Well, this has been awesome. We really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your days to, to come here and, and uh, give us an inside look at this program. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything we didn't get to that any of you would like to talk about or add? Um, I, I have one thing if, if, if anybody else uh, doesn't have something. but um, So there's been a lot of talk about partnership and um, the really cool story in all of this, it's almost its own podcast, but um, the way that the new uniform program was unveiled at um, the national convention in San Antonio with Wingstop. So again, they've, they've been just an incredible partnership, but they really went out of their way to roll this thing out. And so I had mentioned Donnie earlier, but Donnie and Marisa and, um, the team at Wingsoft uh, put together a flash mob and a dance team, um, all decked out in the new uniforms, choreographed the music. We had, I think, Justin Timberlake, Pitbull, all kinds of things. The energy in the room was just unbelievable. I know Bill and I sat there absolutely amazed and, and very proud. It was just a, just a really cool moment uh, to capture a total team effort. And we're just, we're just really excited about the new program, about it rolling out and, you know, can't wait to, to get it out there and see people um, enjoying it. So. I feel like we really buried the lead here. I think I, like we should have opened <laughs> with the flash mob, but uh, I'm glad it came up eventually on the show. Yes. Um, is, is there a video of that anywhere? Cause that'd be really cool to, to check out. I think, Megan's <laughs> nodding her head. Yes, there is a getting some thumbs up on here. All right, we're gonna follow up on that, and if we can, if we can acquire the video, then we'll link it in the uh, the show notes and, and get it out there for everybody. It's um, great. But yeah, this this was fantastic. Again, we appreciate you guys taking time to stop by um, and you know really give an inside look at how this works from each of your perspectives. Because like I said, this is rare, and it's it's a really you know we cherish the opportunity to be able to do this. Um, so just a huge thanks to, to you for coming on the show and, uh, we wish you all the best of luck as we get going with the year here. That just about does it for this episode. Uh, good to be back, Brendan. Glad to be, it's great uh, to be, to be back. Yeah, it feels good. This is, uh, this, as we've said on the show before, this is one of our favorite things to do. Um, uh, so we're really happy to be having another, another season of doing it. Um, if you like what you heard, please leave a review. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks again, everybody. Until next time, for Brendan Metapace, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by iClick, your mobile tech partner, featuring a curated line of over 100 products available ready ship next day.
with the remarkable customer service you know and love. iClick. Visit iClick.com for more.